0: Hi there. RDM here with what we call in the business a special cold open. Now, this episode of Radio Free Jersey Presents of all time was recorded in late February of 2020. This was before most of America and certainly New York City were shut down to slow down the spread of the coronavirus. I tell you that now because you're going to hear us in the episode refer to a palatial uh, recording studio in Midtown Manhattan where we did the show. You see, in this time of uncertainty, uh, and the fact that uh, people will just jump down your throat on social media without having all the facts, we want to take a few minutes and let you know that we did not break a curfew, we did not break a quarantine order, or put our lives or anyone else's lives in danger to produce this podcast. So... On behalf of Mike and our guest, the esteemed Lou Pellegrino, we remind you to wash your hands, uh, please cough into your sleeve, maintain six feet distance between you and anybody else. And then, uh, well, since most of you are working from home anyway, this is a great opportunity for you to take a break and enjoy this presentation of Radio Free Jersey Presents
1: of all time. Thanks Um, are we rolling? I'm Michael Marinello And I'm Robert Mathers And this is Radio Free Jersey Presents Of
0: All Time Well, this episode, K-Rock's top 106.7 of 1980 1980 Do you remember what you were doing in
1: 1980? 1980
0: uh, would that have been, we were in second grade. Yeah. I think that's where we got our, our original nicknames. Exactly. Mr. Show and Mr. Tell. That's right. With exactly. uh, with, it was Kevin Jennings, volume one. <laughs> exactly. And we are—we're uh, both in Manhattan, where we both work for for our our day jobs. But we we were able to finagle ourselves a studio today. <laughs> exactly. uh, you know, it's uh, it's late in the afternoon on a Friday. Everybody is gone, mm-hmm. um, so we get you know we can we can use the free studio time. And uh, there's a, a buddy of mine here at. Uh, at the day job <laughs> um, who is uh, sitting in and he said, uh, you know what? You guys should but uh, we'll use the big equipment and, uh, and uh, I'll engineer for you. All right. So uh, we have Lou the engineer. That's what we're going to call you today. <laughs> Lou the engineer. No, okay. Lou Pellegrino is with us today. All right. <laughs> Good friend. Uh, I, you'll hear him chime in yes. uh, from time to time, uh, probably in the next couple of shows because, yeah. you know, uh, breaking the fourth wall. I think we're going to, I think we're banging out a couple of shows yeah, today uh, exactly. here. So Lou, Welcome to of uh, Radio Free Jersey presents of all time. Well, I live in Long Branch, so I guess I'm a part of Radio there Free we Jersey.
1: Are, now,
2: there you go. All right, just moved <laughs> about a year and a half ago. <laughs> from where? Oh, uh, from Manhattan. All right, but his, his wife's in my wife, My wife is from Spring Lake, so all right.
0: There you go. Yeah. Today we go back almost 40 years to the other side of the country and visit the world famous K Rock LA's annual list for their top. 106.7 songs of 1980. Mm-hmm. There were two premier rock stations. Mm-hmm. I mean, there were a handful in the country that set the stage for rock music. Mm-hmm. And one of them was what they continue to call themselves to this day, the world-famous K-Rock. It is at 106.7 <laughs> on the FM dial. And a little history here, just to set the stage, because as Mike said— well, t- <laughs> well,
1: you consider this list to be what? Bananas. It is absolute bananas. I love it. The, there's so many things about this thing that I enjoy. Um, it, it true. I, um, either somebody has very eclectic taste, or they've truly listened to their and counted votes of the people listening to the station.
0: So, a little background on the radio station one hundred six point seven K Rock K R O Q F M. Mm-hmm. Technically started as K Rock in nineteen seventy six. It was a punk and new wave station right. in Los Angeles. It was the L A. launch for like bands like the Ramones. That was their West Coast entree. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Runaways got their start out there. Right. Uh, the Stray Cats, which just sort of dropped out of thin air, and and then and then of course, you had it was the first time you heard the Go Go's right. um, when they were. Not a little pop band, but right. they were, you know, they were the. Uh, what was Gwen Stefani's first band? Um, uh, uh, Lou, the producer, is going to chime in here. What was it? Our fact checker. No doubt. <laughs> no, no doubt. doubt. Right. Yes. The Go Go's were the no doubt of their of their time. <laughs> is what I was trying. And to go. I have no doubt that you are
1: very old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, exactly. So the list we're going to evaluate today is. All right. The list we're going to evaluate today is from December 1980 when K-Rock FM decided to pick basically the top 106 songs of the year. They did this from 1980 to 209. It was mainly decided by the programmers with input from the listeners and supposedly based on what listeners voted for by making requests. I think this this list and looking at it um, has a lot more uh, feedback. Uh, from the listeners than our other two lists
0: well it has to be and also I think that this is before major corporations started you know sh- screwing with their radio stations right um yeah so it's the right it's to the top 106.7 and they started to get the point seven with a little jingle and that's right. how they jumped in so as as we've done so far we're just going to take the Slice off the top 20 mm-hmm. and and debate that.
1: So. Right, right. And also, a lot of these things are so California that I, you know, I, some of these I didn't know of until college. You know, if you would have asked. Me or you, I think in you know in 1980. Some of these (laughs) I didn't know until
0: I. One of these songs I had never heard of until I went and uh and looked it up and doing research for this particular show. The bands I knew, but I didn't know this song. So we're gonna run down the top 20 for you again to set the stage. This aired in around Christmas time ish in December, so they captured basically. It's kind of like December of nineteen seventy nine to early December, late November of nineteen nineteen eighty.
1: So, right. so uh, we're. Uh, the, the, I guess my, my point is going to be disproven in the first one. Tom Petty, "Don't Do Me Like That" from "Damn the Torpedoes," which actually came out in November of nineteen seventy nine. So, uh, but going to be played, going to be on the list, going to be played, right? So because the the be play,
0: be be right, if they're taking, all right, these are the top 106, seven, 106 songs that we played to great plum and applause, right? In the year 1980, uh, as the station is basically, what I say, they're basically like a four-year-old radio station. Right. Um, and starting as a punk and new wave station, right? Tom Petty was yeah. Tom Petty new wave. Well, he would have been straight ahead rock,
1: right? Yeah, but then he this is you know how many albums in is he 2 3 so he like yeah this
0: is off damn the torpedoes right
1: so we're we we think of him as you know tom petty just a guy who hung out with the traveling Wilburys, and you know uh, but th- then it was just a, a new rock act that was around and it so you know it, it it's it's a little bit more
0: so would you consider because to, right tom petty born in florida mm-hmm. um has that whole southern right, right. Yep. the the it was, like, a couple of tours after this was the, like, Confederate flag yep, and yep, all that yep, sort yep. of Southern stuff. accents. Right. <laughs> but I think a lot of people, I think Los Angeles considers Tom Petty
1: a an L.A. band. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Especially from, like, I would say, like, this point forward, he's more, like, I, I think at some point he moves out there because a lot of his stuff is then, you know, based of – Uh, uh, you know, free-falling is all about Southern California. 19. 19, The Pretenders, Mystery Achievement, which not a single at all. So this is what I think, is this Pretenders 2? No, this is from The Pretenders. Okay, the first album.
0: Came out in 1980. Came out in, uh, it came out on the 11th of January, 1980. Right. Great baseline. Right. I just never liked The Pretenders. Mm -hmm. I I thought Chrissy Hind whined. Chrissy (laughs) a lot. Um, but they got a great. They have a great bassline, mm-hmm. and it's interesting because if you listen to the song, it starts with like it's you know just like eight bars of the drums, uh-huh. and then this awesome bass line comes in, <laughs> and then the, it's like this is the song that we're a new band, so this is how we're gonna warm up, right. the, get levels in the studio, yeah, yeah, and yeah, all yeah. that. Sh- and then she, and then she just starts you know doing these vocal warm ups, and then boom into this song about how her life sucks, right. which is basically <laughs> everything she ever wrote. About. It was either my life sucks. Uh, I miss Ohio, uh-huh. but Ohio sucks. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I and had I, to go to England to uh, make a career. Right.
1: And ha- hook up with Dave, da- Dave, Davies, Ray Davies, Ray Davies. It could have been one and or both. <laughs> <laughs> Ray Davies, I, I believe. <laughs> so next is 18. The romantics. That's uh, what I like about you. Just, uh, you know, now it's a staple of every classic rock station you can imagine. Um, but then, so when this come out, December 79, so mm-hmm. yeah, that's, and this kind of fits with the K-Rock, you know, probably at the time it was, you know, punk pop-ish, you know, kind of in the vein of like a police, not yeah. total punk, but not, you know, not exactly pure pop either. Right. uh, And then this is where I love uh, uh, number 17. This is great. Uh, Devo Freedom of Choice, which I didn't I don't I I don't even still think I know the song, but I just love the fact that it's on on here. Mark Mothersbaugh and the boys. Yes.
0: (laughs) This is like pure Devo Mm -hmm. just being Devo. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You're you know, they had a very Cult following, mm-hmm. a couple of big hits. Right, this was not one of them right. at all. Was not right. I mean, it was it was released uh, as a single. It's the it's the title track to their album. Yep. But yeah, okay,
1: right. And uh, you know, uh, I <clears throat> I'm trying to think: is it before or after that they did the cover of? Uh, it's on the Sat- same album. Satisfaction. So basically
0: Devo had an album that everybody knows them from, and then. You know, unless you're like a really hardcore right. Devo fan. And they still tour to this day.
1: <laughs> exactly. With the flower pots on their head. Yeah, exactly. Uh, 16 is X uh, Los Angeles, which is uh, they are the, you know, probably I just think of just a purely cal- like that's a band I never heard of. Uh, until in college. Co- until yeah. college. I'm trying, what, who's it? It's uh, a female her name starts with an X If I, I believe correctly And then I can't remember the um, Is it John Doe uh, that's Yeah, John the,
2: Doe Yeah Lou I believe her name was Exine Cervenka Thank you, Thank is that you. Awesome is the, Does that mean that
1: starts with an X It's
2: E-X <laughs> <laughs> Okay yeah, It's it's I follow on Instagram uh, Los Angeles Punk Rocker So like I remember seeing the name right. Didn't they do Wild Thing Didn't I believe they Yes I can remember that's her from the Major long. League movie That's how uh, I know oh. that band <laughs>
1: <laughs> right, because everybody thought it was uh, John Jett at the start. Look yes. at that! I love that little version. <laughs> exactly, and again, so uh, number fifteen, back to California, back to kind of the what you know the the heart of what this uh, list is about and the station is about is the Dead Kennedys, another band that I didn't know about. Uh, probably high school, there were kids that high were school. into that punk scene that that listened to the Dead Kennedys, but that band was all about. You know, they had been under the thumb of Ronald Reagan yeah. and and, you know, you know having songs like California, Uber, Alice and all, all that stuff and and fighting against the kind of uh, right wing ish uh, movement sweeping kind of California <laughs> and then the country at the time. So right. th- this this makes this makes sense for for where it is. Uh, I actually the next song was a favorite of mine. I remember it f- mostly from the um, MTV video. Yes. Uh but I don't, I don't even, where are the vapors from? The vapors uh, turning Japanese. Lou's eyes just lit up
2: here. <laughs> this song became a great discussion on a drive that my wife and I were taking. Okay. I asked her if she knew what the song was about. Okay. And I, she had No, no idea. idea. And now she can't
0: listen to that song without thinking. <laughs> do you, like, do you oh you know my what, god! Do you know what it's about? No. It starts with I, I have your picture, yeah, picture yeah, the yeah, two of them yeah, together, and yeah. then and then you go, oh, that's kind of cute. And then it's like I there's pictures of us all over my cell. He's an incarcerated man, okay, who does can't see his girl, okay, right? and he kisses her picture every night. It's a horrible expression, turning Japanese. It would not go over well today.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> it basically means he is pleasuring himself so much
1: oh. <laughs> that his eyes
0: are closed and squinted. Okay. And it's a, it's a, it's a really bad expression for masturbation. <laughs> Right. Wow. And there's
2: actually I've a comedian. He was on a TV show that I used to watch called The League. It's about fantasy football. Yep, yep. And his, he's a Canadian guy. His name's John John Lejoie. Okay. Very funny guy. And he wrote a story or a song called Vinegar Strokes. <laughs> and it's it's the similar thing. It's like that sour face you make when uh-huh. you're about to you know. Yeah. Oh my God. So
0: this is about an incarcerated guy who
2: I got your picture. Yeah. Got your picture.
0: Who can't. Be with his girl, and he is just taking care of himself so much that he's like basically saying, "I'm doing this all myself." So I think I'm turning Japanese. Ah. and and the so
1: the,
2: I f- could look at you from uh, the inside as so, well.
1: <laughs> yes, exactly. That's the one line I remembered from that. Dun, dun, I want a doctor dun, to dun, take dun, your dun, picture dun, dun, so I can look, look at you from inside as well. So it's, amazing. it's it,
0: well, the funny thing is that, and, and I think I I picked up on that. I, I think I knew what the, what the song was about, probably in when I started in radio in college. Right. But then you think about, like, so this song came out in 1980. By the time we were in high school, and right. junior high school even, yeah, so yeah, dances yeah. and all this stuff, this was like a everybody on the floor, right. and, it's a pop. Right. and none of us knew what it was no, about. not at all. <laughs> we knew what Sugar Walls by Sheena uh, Easton. Easton was about. <laughs> Didn't
2: Prince, I think Prince wrote that yeah. song for no, that, her. That's, sure. that, that tracks, <laughs> for but sure. we
0: had no
1: idea. I think musically, it stands, it holds up very well. (laughs) (laughs) See, I always thought, like, I don't know why, but, you know, just that time, like, you know, from the movie Gung Ho, from, you know, all, you know, Japan's going to take over everything in our, I thought it was more of a comment on that. I had no yeah, no, it's, Man, a, it's a. I'm, or, I'm, I'm it's with a, your wife. I'm never going to listen that song again. She listened
2: to that song in the car, and I told her what it was about, and she can't. Whenever we're in the car, we have you know Sirius on, and we're listening to first wave or you know whatever classic right, rewind, right, right. and that song comes on. She's like, turn it off, turn it off, turn it off.
1: Like, why? Right. Oh, uh, exactly. Right. Uh, and she has great musical knowledge too, <laughs> right. so she never knew this. Right. Exactly. Wow, right. that's awesome. Well, she, you know, the more you know, this is uh, it's a learning experience for everybody. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> uh, 13, ACDC, What You Do for Money, Honey. Uh, again, uh, this goes back to what we were saying about The Pretenders in that this is just a – from the album Back in Black, with, there's probably five songs that right. you know wrote by heart that every classic rock station now plays all the time either somebody picked that or that was what they voted in like oh yeah we want to hear what you do for right. money we don't want to hear you back in black and
0: n- not an la band not, right. i mean they're, they're an australian yeah. band but everybody sort of claimed them i don't i would not put this at 13 i wouldn't put it any i mean maybe right. at the bottom if you need like a throwaway acdc track but right. how is
1: back in black Right. Well, the, I mean, I guess that's that's the point. If they're pulling
0: songs that hadn't even been uh, released as right. singles yet, makes no sense. Right. So to me, this 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 screams. Uh, uh, you know, program director threw it in or or really? See, I or was going to they... say the
1: other thing. I was going to say this screams that this, this is so out there that some that a bunch of people, you know, just kept calling drinking the beer line. out, uh, you know, listen to the radio, uh, drinking beer outside their car, uh, you know, in front of the, you know, sip and go <laughs> or like, oh, let's wouldn't it be awesome if we just uh, all voted for uh, what you do for the money, honey, instead of back in black, instead of, you all know, right. I, I, but it could be. And now we go in a completely different direction, (laughs) which is really interesting. Uh, As a Beatle nerd, I can safely say I don't think I've ever heard this song. John Lennon, uh, number 12, John Lennon, Clean Up Time from Double Fantasy. It's the fourth, I think it's four, it's the fourth track off of Side One, which is the
0: John side. Right. Um, It's the the fourth track on the album. Um, Yeah, I had, until I listened to it in prep for this show, I had probably only heard it maybe four or five times. Okay. It's a really good song, okay? And it's kind of punk, uh-huh. I'm assuming this was posted after he died, they ran this countdown two weeks after he was assassinated, right so this this, I think, might have been the first single from the record, okay. I mean, it was released as a single, yeah, and I've taken a softer tone over the last 20 years, but I'm sure at that point they're like there's no. Flipping way, we're, <laughs> we're playing a Yoko song exactly. on the radio, right? Yeah, and I'll just go down a little bit of a rabbit hole that <laughs> you know, especially now, right, with what's going on in the world now. Uh, God, could you imagine if he was still making music? Yeah, I know that forty years later. Jeez. Mm-hmm. Right, we'd have angry John Lennon,
1: <laughs> um, and then we go in we'd go into of angry your Julian Lennon, But uh, well, yeah, <laughs>
0: uh,
1: hey, hey, don't knock a lot. Okay, that's a good I album. I like that it
0: album; it's a great album. I, we're, we're we're firmly in the Julian
1: I, camp. It, it, over here. I'm 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 just amazed, and I love John Lennon, but I'm always just amazed that like he spent his whole life saying like, "Oh, my dad was such a jerk," and my mom, my mom this, my mom that, and then he turned around and did the exact same thing to his own son. It yeah, was like. <laughs> yeah.
0: And then tried to
1: make up for it and you right. know two little Yeah. Exactly. Uh all right, and then we go to uh This is the
0: one this is the a, one I had to look up.
1: Right. Oh yeah. I, I I don't I don't know it either. Ongo boingo only a lad from the album Only a Lad. Now I'm now wait, is that uh Danny Elfman? Is yes. that an Oingo yeah, Boingo? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Pre-Simpsons, Pre-Simpsons, Pre—all that uh, uh, mo- movie music. But also, the only Oingo Boingo song I know that I can recall off the top of my head is "Dead Man's Party." Mm-hmm. But that—that's—that came out with the uh, Back to School, uh, Ryan yeah, Dangerfield yeah, movie a little later. Yeah, so that's got to be mid-eighties. So uh, interesting. But I think they were also a California band. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, big time. Right. Number ten. Uh, Train in Vain by The Clash. Another great bass line. Yeah, and uh, we've covered this uh, a little bit um, in our our previous uh, show. Uh, This was one of those hidden tracks. It was released on, um, I believe what happened was they recorded the album and they... Uh, They added the song late, and they didn't have time to print it on the sleeve of the album. So So
0: that's why it was a single that was released on the 12th of February, 1980.
1: Right, exactly. So this, I believe, came out right – they released this album right at the beginning of Mm -hmm. 1980. And, yeah, this was probably the the first single from it. Uh, Number nine, uh, again, another song that I'm going to claim that I only knew of because of the MTV uh, video. uh, Once in a Lifetime uh, by the Talking Heads off of Remain in Light interesting note that you have here uh, written down is that this was released as a single. So this list came out in the end of 1980. It was released as a single in February of 1981. The song itself was released on the album. It it wasn't released as a single, correct? The album Remain in the Light was released on the 8th of October in 1980.
0: And the guys at K-Rock were like... Hey, we like this song. <laughs> We're gonna play this song for the next two months, right? And then basically, now I don't know if it was because of K Rock or not, but it that that Once in a Lifetime became was released as its own single, yeah, uh, in in two February nineteen eighty one. And I remember hearing this on N E W, but I the video, yeah, I think the video was like three or four years later when Stop Making Sense came out. Oh, the concert. right, when he was in the because big suit. this is the, right. This was not My Beautiful Wife, and <laughs> right. he's doing this, you know, he's like chopping his hands down. Right, yep, yep, yep. And yep. David Byrne just did a Broadway run uh, here in New York City. Actually, I think the name of the show was Once in a Lifetime or something right. yep. like that. David Byrne is having a very interesting resurgence. Mm-hmm. Well, have you watched the the the, the John Mulaney, uh this, no, the lunch? Sack
1: lunch bunch. I, I've I've heard about it. I have not gotten around to watching it.
0: John Mulaney tells a story on uh, Seth Meyers or, or Colbert in the last you know couple of months. He was saying that he's been a huge David Byrne fan. He patterned his look and his his speech pattern while he was doing comedy as, as starting out like David Byrne, very monotone, very mm-hmm. you know. But David Byrne. Performing right. right, yep. And then, so he's been a lifelong talking, really David Byrne fan, mm-hmm. did this comedy uh, uh, special for Netflix right. with kids, and David Byrne is one of the guest stars. He is such a huge David Byrne fan that uh, and you'll be able to see it on demand, I'm sure, but if you go back to the uh, February 20 fourth 23rd episode of Saturday Night Live when John Mulaney hosted yep. uh, David Byrne is the uh, is the musical guest okay because he's a yeah. big huge fan yep. of that but you know yeah talking
1: heads and hey. yeah definitely uh, of the time and uh, of the place the next police do 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 da 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 which uh, I guess in Yana Mandata came out 19 uh, October of 1980 well the, yeah so. the, the song this was released as a single okay from that record yeah uh, but I I that 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 sounds about right. That sounds a little, probably a little too, uh, popular for uh, a, a station like K Rock at that time. But eh, I mean, I guess that's still, you know, at, at this time we don't know Sting to be what Sting is now, a, ro- <laughs> so. a, ro- a royal Sting in the ass. <laughs> right. um,
0: but again, this is, in my opinion, one of the dumbest police oh, songs ever, without written. a doubt. And this is a highly educated man mm-hmm. who's like, ah, I'm done with lyrics. Right, exactly. And then calls out the fact that he can't come. Well, then put the song back on the shelf. Right. But I still think that you can hear the
1: fighting between mm-hmm. oh, without a doubt.
0: Sting and Stuart Copeland because the it's just a hair off.
1: Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, that was the album that they even said when they broke up and then got back together briefly to do uh, don't stand Clo- so close to me 86 85 mm-hmm. they wanted to re-record that entire album because they were so unhappy with it but so Easy. so there you go uh next another another great uh 80s band uh touch and go by the cars uh again not not the see I, I'm not as familiar with when cars singles were released but so this one seems a little bit uh, yeah, Pan-
0: panorama was not a big Right. Cars. This is before well, this is before like eighties cars. Right. Yeah, they, this who's is gonna drive you dr- home? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Uh Pink Floyd. <laughs> number six, Pink Floyd Another Brick in the Wall, part two. Uh yeah. I, I'm I'm not the biggest uh I'm not the biggest fan of the wall or Pink Floyd's later era stuff. Uh I, I'll I'll leave it at that. It's 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 funny how how disco that sounds, that that song sounds. And actually, all these Ooh, songs. That's uh, interesting. Yeah. How disco it sounds. Listen, it, it almost sounds like Shakedown Street.
0: All of my years working classic rock radio all, and us growing up, mm-hmm. Floyd is, you think of Floyd as a 70s band, right? right. I mean, the, the, the one of the all-time best-selling records is, of all time, is, right. and, is uh, uh, Dark, Side Dark Side of the, of the Moon, moon yeah. right? I just assumed in my head that, The Wall came out in the late 70s. I know the movie came out in the 80s, but I figured it was like Tommy. Right. You know, where there was like six years between (laughs) the the concept record. And no, it was like three. This came out. The Wall as an album came out in 1979. Right. This was released as a single at the end of November Mm -hmm. to try and get. They chopped it
1: right. to make a radio single. Right, part one, part two. To, well, this they made chop part, part two because right. that
0: had the whole thing
1: on it. Right. What I love about this list is that there's bloated Pink Floyd disco at number six on a list that also has Oingo Boingo on it, <laughs> Devo on it, the Dead Kennedys on it. I, that's uh, it's it's just a, a great mismash of of uh, flavor. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this now we're into the top five. Uh huh. Uh, Crazy town. Right. Crazy town. Yeah, exactly. Well, just think about this. We're going to go from Pink Floyd, Another Brink of the Wall, to the B-52s, Give Me Back My Man, Uh, from their Wild Planet album. So I'm trying to think, is this is... Yeah, this is early...
0: This is early B-52s. This right. Rock is... Rock Lobster era. This is after Rock Lobster, mm-hmm. um, because Rock Lobster was uh, an influence of John Lennon to do Double Fantasy. Right, yep. This song is about... And I forget... Now I'm blanking on which which of the women sings it. It's Cindy. It's Cindy. Okay. Cindy Wilson. <laughs> yeah. So it's basically this this woman, I will give you candy, I will give you fish, I will give you anything if you right. give me back my man. Right. She is highly depressed <laughs> the, the, and then basically threatens to kill herself at the end of the song. Right. However, there's a line in here. Now, again, the B-52s is a band from uh, Athens, Georgia. Yep. Okay. An influence and a somewhat contemporary of our of 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 band. Yep. There's a line in here I'm walking out of Corvettes with a package in my hand. <laughs> I did not know that cor- they had. Yeah, cor- that Corvettes think, made it
1: down. down I didn't. That, I that think because
0: I think that B fifty two spent some time in New York. Okay, uh, and that's
1: where it was. PJ right.
0: Corvettes was this. There was one yeah. in West
1: Orange. In West West Orange. Yeah, Repl- uh, replaced yeah. or next to two guys. Uh, two Guys was next to it, uh-huh.
0: uh, the record shop, Yeah, and Corvettes got replaced by uh, Caldor. Caldor, yeah. There you go. Which actually also took over the Two Guys spot, and Caldor had a record section, too. Yes, exactly. I believe that's where I bought my vinyl copy of uh, Where the Buffalo Roam, the first film about Hunter S. Thompson, starring uh, Bill Murray as Hunter S. Thompson. Oh,
1: right. Um, yeah. There, there you go. go. Wow. Uh, number four. Again, you see, this is what I, I find fascinating. You're going from Pink Floyd... To the B 52s to the Rolling Stones and probably at their you know <sighs> the height of the cheese. Yes, <laughs> again this is disco. Th- this album, not um, maybe emotional not this song. Rescue. That uh, emotional rescue is just a you know this that the song emotional rescue is another. But they
0: didn't pick up emotional mm-hmm. rescue one here. This is the fourth most popular song at K Rock LA <laughs> in nineteen eighty. Right, they don't do the song emotional rescue. They do right. A bad Sesame Street rhyming exercise <laughs> about hot and cold sung by Mick Jagger. <laughs> I'm a bleeding volcano. <laughs> She's she, and I, So I'm listening to it again. I'm like, oh, maybe he's actually singing about a car because right. he talks about the, I have to redo the wiring. No, it's another Mick Jagger misogyny yeah, song. Right.
1: There you go. Uh, so that, that's why I love this list. Uh, and uh, number three, I, I threw that in there in case I run for president someday, so they can say that I'm <laughs> woke. Woke. <laughs> uh, number three, another another visit from uh, Tom Petty, uh, refugee from da- uh, also from Damn the Torpedoes, which again, uh, w- you know, we think of it as just classic of classic rock. And you know, uh, number three here, and then again another visit, uh, the Pretenders, the Wait. Again, I'm I, not a single not a single whiny pretenders (laughs) pre-vegetarian Chrissy (laughs) Hind. and number one and this is why I love this list the most um, another great video uh, another another uh, (laughs) hilarious song Uh, Whip It by Devo exactly right Step on a crack, break your mother's back. Right. Let's,
0: again, let's 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 take some things we learned as children and throw it, you know. Right. When a problem comes along, you must whip it. Right. But there's also another double entendre song because it's and Lou, Lou just perked up Lou in the booth.
2: <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, oh no, I was just gonna joke around and say when the cream sits out too long, you must whip it. <laughs> This is another. I have no notes in front of me like you do. Now, you know this is a very bad job <laughs> by the the host who preps this show to leave out. No, you know, we wanted me. you, to, we wanted no, you to get into. The, we wanted you to hear and please. And I'm still. I still hear Chrissy Hines' v- voice in my head and I'm cringing. Right. Stop your sobbing. Um. Mm-hmm. But whip it.
0: Mm-hmm. It's also a self pleasure. Oh, yeah.
1: Self-pleasure, uh, yeah. Uh, on top oh well, yeah. Of course. And, and, and then the, the video. It's yes! you know, The guy literally whipping a woman's clothes off.
0: Right. Penison. That's tough yeah. to do.
1: Right. Yeah. Um, and I just want to only train professionals. <laughs>
0: not try this unless you have four consent forms.
1: Um, oh, so I, th- this this list uh, is just amazing from start to finish, and I'm so happy we did it. And it's such a breath of fresh air from the, the other we've done. Corporate, uh, the first two episodes right. of Corporate Rock, yeah. So it's it's We it's wanted great. to
0: open it up a little bit. So the question as we wrap up the show here, do we think this 106.7 top songs of 1980 uh, is BS or an honest representation of what L.A. listeners were into in See, 1980? I think we, we differ
1: here. I think it's an honest representation representation. representation of what people were voting for you seem to think no no
0: no
2: i i i i do agree i as we review (laughs) it what do you think I think this is a radio station trying to be different. We can't go with the played out songs, so that's why there are a couple of, hmm, how did that song make the list? But yes, I think this is an
0: accurate depiction of what was being played. See, but this is 1980, so this Mm -hmm. is before consultants. This is before classic rock as a format wasn't. It's when artists- Five years before classic rock
2: is a thing. It's when artists were played by the DJs who liked certain songs. I mean, it reminds me, in a sense, of college radio. We did not have logs in college radio, So when it was Saturday and Sunday rock time, we played what we wanted. And if somebody called the request line, we fulfilled that request. But, you know, now it's I mean, working at a certain satellite uh, radio provider for a bunch of years, I did not DJ and I did not, you know, put logs together. I was a producer, but I saw the way they would do it. And now I can sit in my car and time my watch to when. (laughs) <laughs> the next Harry Styles song is going to be played on Serious Hits One right. or when, you know, hey, Iron Maiden's going to be on Hair Nation in about ten minutes. Right. Yeah. yeah you just you just know. Right.
0: Uh, when I was a Q one oh four, you literally could set your watch every ninety minutes uh-huh. A Rolling Stones followed by a uh, Billy Joel song would okay. come on. Oh, that, that, God. That's, that's, that's just the way it works. <laughs> oh, uh, I don't get what you. Which yeah. reminds me of our mission. We're three episodes in here, and uh, we uh, still no word as if Q1043 is going to open up the voting this year and make it genuine. <laughs> right. But yes. we're working. We've yes, got some feelers exactly. out. I'm not sure if Eric Grohlman has even heard the show yet, okay. um, but we're hearing some 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 of the Q <laughs> folks are, are interested. All right. All right. On our next episode, we're going to stay in the area of LA gear, crimped hair on girls' <laughs> shoulder pads, or for us, uh, corduroys, braces, and custom-made Nike tracksuits. Well, one yeah. of us had one of those. Exactly. So, uh,
1: um, yes, we're going to go uh, and uh, delve into the. Um, T- it was the top 100 albums of the 1980s put together by Rolling Stone in the fall of 1989. I believe that 19- was in, uh, November 1989. So stay tuned for that next week. Uh, and, uh, this is Michael Marinello. I'm Robert Mathers. You've been listening to Of All Time.